Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode, we bring you latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. With the change in weather conditions and with many flocks scanning at the moment, we're going to focus on some practical aspects of housing, particular feed management and pen spacing. We're going to start off with my colleague Damien Coslow explaining why getting the right pen spacing is a vital element of setting up our winter feeding plan. Look, at, it's critical that, that uh, all yours are able to uh, eat um, concentrates when it comes to feeding concentrates. They're, they're able to eat comfortably at, at one time. And look, at, it may look fine at the start, but it's really when you start feeding feeding meal that you, you realise uh, what your pin space is. Uh, and the other thing is that as yours approach uh, lambing, particularly uh, twin and triplet bearing yours, uh, they, be, they become much bulkier uh, in the final weeks of pregnancy. So it's then that that pen spa- or that uh, feed space um, be- becomes critical, really. I think, Damien, you're touching on something there. Like often when cheaper house, particularly those even housed before Christmas, your know, feed space doesn't tend to look like it's an issue. Certainly, they do get that bit bigger. But maybe just for a bit of context, there is guideline figures out there on you know the lane space requirement, the feed space requirement. You might just take us through some of them. Yeah, again, the Department of Agriculture um, have have guidelines on, as you say, on both the the, the floor space within the pens and also the feed space. I mean, if you take if you take really um, large framed yaws, I suppose um, you're talking 85, 90 kilogram big yaws. Um, in a straw bedded situation, the floor space they require per head is 1.4 meters squared. And when it comes to meal feeding, um, they, they need 600 millimeters per head. Um, so it's important that you, you're, you're aware of that. For, for medium sized yaws, I suppose it's slightly less. It's about 500 millimeters of feeding space that the medium size, you know, the 70, 75 kilogram yaw requires. And in terms of floor space, they require about 1.2 meters squared. So it's important that you 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 check uh, that you have enough um, of both uh, floor space and feed space. More often than not, it's the feed space that's the the, the limiting one, really. I think so. We just tease them in, but certainly there in the case of multiple, particularly triplet or even quad bear newels, you'd be pushing for the upper end of that. Feed space requirement. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The the bigger the the the. the the triplet bearing and and the bigger frame jaws they certainly need the 600 uh, the 600 millimeters of feed space look i suppose maybe just the rationale behind some of that is apart from ever the animal being able to eat at one time you're trying to avoid forcing and bullying and some of that forcing can even attribute to definitely, yeah definitely i mean we found in farms that um where prolapse occurs um that that it could be attributed to feed space or the lack of feed space i suppose and as you described there uh, when you when you when you arrive at the pen with your with your bag or your bucket, uh, there's a big scrum at, at, at feeding time, a big push, and so um, that 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 pressure and pushing and shoving due to the lack of of, of feed space that they're all able to comfortably get in at one time uh, is a contributing factor to to prolapse certainly. And look, we're just talking about the measurements here, but like it's often something we don't do. We can look and say, well, they all fit at this stage. Sometimes there's no harm just maybe making that calculation, maybe allowing for you know, some of the blank areas and pens as well. That, that's it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people will have um, sheds or have, have, have pen layouts where they have they use walk through trucks uh, in order to increase 
their their um, their feed space, which is which is broadened particularly with with deeper pins. So in, in order to balance your uh, your your floor space, I suppose, with your feed space, um, walk through trucks are, are very valuable. But if you're calculating your your six hundred millimeters, say for example, of feed space, it's important that anywhere you have a corner um, where one one uh, feed where where the walk through truck joins uh, at a corner that there's going to be a blanked off area there where there's EO say eating at the front of the pen um, she will blank off roughly the first 600 millimeters of the of the walk through truck so you you take off 600 millimeters when you're when you're calculating the total uh, length of your feed space for any corner that uh, that may be blanked off just if we move on, maybe I mean, in terms of some of the basic feeding management, I know some of this seems simplistic, but it's often one of the areas where we fall down on. You know, a couple of key tips to look out for: look, obviously, access to roughage, that's important. But keeping that fresh, and you might just that's take right. it through like the importance of the master. That's right, and that you mentioned roughage again. Um, the, the obviously the, the feed space, and uh, go, go, again going by the Department of Agriculture figures, um, there isn't as much uh, feed space required for roughage uh, because they don't all they don't all have to be eating uh, silage or roughage at one time. But it is the the the, the proviso to that, I suppose, is that you must keep silage available to them at all times. It's it's not a good idea uh, to be letting it run out. Um, you know, and then giving them a big feed again. So a constant supply of silage or, or whatever roughage you're feeding is important for your yaws. Um, and as we know, I suppose sheep are, are selective eaters. Um, they will, they will, uh, they, they will pick out uh, their 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 favourite bits. So it's important that this refuse material or stale material is removed uh, twice weekly, so that you, you you keep fresh material in front of them. Um, so to, to clean clean that out maybe twice a week. Just like you, you touched on it there, silage may be less of an issue to tend to push it back less, but we've certainly seen in certain scenarios, you know, dry feed, hay being fed, they can push it back out of reach at a certain point. So might not always be constant. That, that's for sure, definitely. Uh, and as you say, with hay or haylage, um, if it's been fed, say, in the in the central feed passage of a, of a shed, we'll say uh, they tend to nose it away from them. So it is important that it's 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 kept it's it's kept pushed into them, um, that they're 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 not they're they're not allowed to be they're not being allowed to run out of it uh, at any time, really. Uh, look, I suppose the other aspect of feed management is the one we really tend to focus most on at this stage. Scanning's complete and a lot of flocks. There will be completed in the coming weeks. You know, multiple triplet squads, even some of the twins on lesser quality silage have been fed at the moment. Managing that feed, Damien, from introducing it to the build-up of it, how important is it getting that right? Very important, Kieran. And again, when we were talking about, you know, using your scanning results uh, recently there, um, you know, once scanning is complete, really, uh, you, you need to be looking at... Um, Grouping your your yaws into into single twins and triplets, obviously, and it's it's pretty soon. You need to start um, you need to start feeding the triplets pretty much straight away after scanning, uh, because um, you know if you want to step it up uh, and achieve the, the the total concentrates that you you're, you're required to feed your your uh, triplets, it's important. The the key or the the one big mistake sometimes is made is um, not starting in time. And we mentioned in previous uh, podcasts as well, 
again, knowing the, the value of your forage, knowing your, your silage feed value um, is critical in terms of, of developing uh, your feed plan. But um, as you say, starting them probably at probably 0.2 kilograms. I know in the past, sometimes we may have recommended starting off as low as 0.1 of a kilogram. It's such a small amount, um, you need to be fairly lively on your feet, I suppose, to, to feed a pen of yours and, and give them all 0.1 of a kilogram. So we're probably looking maybe from a practical point of view of starting at 0.2 of a kilogram and maybe stepping it up every week or two by by 0.2. So you may be going 0 0.2, 0 0.4, 0 0.6, 0.8 in the, in the weeks leading up to lambing. We'd say that would be an example for, for twin bearing yours. Just in terms of like the other aspect of that, the maximum amount to go in in a single feed, Damien, What's yeah, there, yeah. Look at uh, there's the, it's 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 uh, from once your from once your um your your daily feed per head um exceeds a half a kilogram, um you should be splitting your feed in, into twice daily, um so if you're if you're going up we'll say from point four up to point six you should transfer at that stage to feeding maybe 0.3 kilograms in the morning and 0.3 kilograms in the evening to, to achieve your 0.6 because you've gone over the half a kilogram. Um, again, it's important that you maybe keep those feeds at least eight hours apart. So, um, you know, you're feeding first thing in the morning and in the evening again. And again, keeping feeding times consistent is, is important as well, that you're not uh, allowing yourself maybe a lie-in on a Sunday morning or something like that. So it's important that you, you keep the feeding times consistent, that you, if you're feeding at 8 o'clock in the morning, that you, 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 you continue that and the same, same with the evening feeds and keeping them, as I say, eight hours apart. And look, the, there are individual flocks we know out there that tend to feed higher than that levels in the single feed. But in all them cases, we're trying to reduce the instance of acidosis or subclinical acidosis. That's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a, I suppose playing the percentages, if you like. Some people will tell you they're they're feeding higher than that and getting away with it, but um, it's that, that's really, as you say, what why why we talk about stepping up the feed so that you're you're not causing any. There's no big sudden change that will will cause acidosis or upsets, uh, and <clears throat> which in turn, as you say, can can lead on to to other issues. And you're managing the risk. Damien, just something else at the moment, particularly with the cold snapper after seeing, you know, the proviso of providing fresh water on a daily basis and checking that them drinkers are actually working, particularly in the kind of conditions we have at the moment, that's another key step that can affect intake. Definitely, yeah. And as you say, the the the, the cold snap, um, you know, people can 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 have issues when the temperatures drop and over a sustained period. Um, look at if 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 yours are are out of water, it will it will severely uh, depress their 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 appetite and again, uh, the the their intake. So it is important that you check your trucks regularly that there is water in them. Um, the other thing, I suppose, is to keep them cleaned out because you'll you'll see um, over a over a short enough period there'll be uh, there'll be fragments of of straw and silage and one thing or another inside in the trough. So keep them keep them cleaned out, I suppose, as well. But also, as you say, in in freezing weather conditions, that you check uh, that if the the pipes are frozen, that you you make arrangements to to uh, try and get water into the pen. Um, for 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 the short term, anyway, to 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 get them over the hump of of the the freezing conditions. I suppose another aspect, Damien, kind of goes back a little bit to animal management too. But it's been said before that the ten minutes spent in the shed after feeding is often the most valuable time of the day to identify maybe some of the problem yous, shy feeders, or ones that could potentially give you problems down the line. 
Like, yeah. I, know, I know we've discussed before about dividing out maybe some of the tinnery yews, but there is an issue sometimes with shy feeders, whether they're hoggets or old yews or maybe yews that have another condition. Yeah. The justification for dealing with them separately, Damien, really, I suppose, in the yeah, world, they, sh- they should be. Oh, they should for sure, and as you say, you know, particularly when you when you introduce concentrates uh, at the start, and you, you know, you will get a yo. It can be just uh, just uh, a shy feeder that she's not willing to to fight her corner to to get in and, and feed. Um, but as you say, it can be a symptom of 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 um, of another uh, other conditions. Even uh, sometimes lame yaws as well uh, would tend, you know, not not to to, to get to get into too much rough and tumble at the track. So um, it is important, as you say, when you when you put out your feed, that you 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 keep an eye. And as you as you rightly describe, where possible, if you could take the the uh, the shy feeder or two. Um, have a small pin that you, you you could have these small number and uh, to, to to group them together and and treat them individually. And again, if there are if there are other issues as you described, uh, that you can you can have these uh, these, these grouped together and that you can observe um, how they're faring out um, following treatment. If it's you know if, if you treated a couple of lame yaws or something like that, that you can have them together and. Uh, um, you, you can observe them, I suppose, and also to try and get the, the, the shy feeders feeding, really, I suppose. Maybe just even to finish up, like we've mentioned many of how, I know in certain parts of the country they won't, and they will be their own crops, as in our previous week's podcast, or, you know, potentially still on a grass run. That sudden change in day before housing, any tips for reducing the risk of that? Yeah, look, at it's and again, a lot of the time we talk about uh, Late pregnancy nutrition in terms of the house yours and you know we're fully aware that, that there are yeah situations as you say where where yours are housed much closer to lambing and that they will be on their their feeding regime maybe outdoors for a period before they're housed uh, look at as you say the, the big thing is maybe avoiding any sudden changes in diet particularly as they as they get closer to lambing um, you know, because it, you know, can put yours off their feed or that for a few days, which again cause further problems. Um, you know, if 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 you're planning maybe to house within a, a couple of weeks of lambing, and the plan is that they're being fed hay or silage and concentrates indoors, uh, probably introduce this regime outdoors for a few weeks before their housing, so that you're you're putting out your bale. Um, and you're feeding, you're feeding, you know, similar. You're feeding similar levels to what you'd be feeding indoors, I suppose, in terms of concentrates. But that, when they come indoors, they're 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 used to uh, they're used to the diet of hay, silage, uh, and concentrates. Uh, so it causes, I suppose, less of a, less of a shock to the system and um, less of a risk of of you know acidosis or them after feed or anything for a few days. Yeah, managing that transition more appropriately. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Damien, plenty of practical information here. Thanks very much for your time today. No problem, Kieran. Thank you. Okay, we're going to wrap things up at this point. Again, I'd like to thank Damien for joining us again, covering some very practical aspects that we can implement on farm at the moment. Again, good feed management, setting up right, is key to late pregnancy nutrition and can have a big impact on the productivity of the flock. That's it for me for this episode. For any further updates on the sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Jogger Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.